0: I'm so excited to welcome my dear friend Amy Stark to the show today. Amy and I connected a while ago and there was just a soul connection from day one. Amy is an author, speaker, teacher and podcaster herself talking about personal transformation with her podcast, The Ophelia Podcast. For over a decade, Amy has been teaching others how to master their life and energy with the most cutting-edge tools and techniques. Amy has a degree in psychology, a master's in education, is an LMT and a biohacker at heart. She's a trained Reiki master, reconnective healer, EFT practitioner and is known around the world for helping people To create happier and healthier lives full of joy and purpose. I'm talking to Amy about sleep biohacking and EFT. There was someone who told me recently that the term biohacking does not fit women. My son was super excited about my call with Amy thinking that I was talking to Tony Stark. I knew I had found a true biohacker when Amy was surprised by my comment about biohacking not applying to women. I'm talking to Amy about what is EFT, how can it be helpful with sleep, is there practice that's safe for you to start practicing EFT and Amy speaks about mastering energy. What does that mean? How can you actually master your energy? Amy and I have a conversation where we just find that time flies and before we knew it, we'd already crossed a long time over what we had planned. Enjoy our conversation. And just connect to that soul, connect between two friends as we bring you a wealth of information and practical takeaways to help you improve your sleep. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host Deepa. Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting-edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. With the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. Amy, welcome to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast. I am excited to have you today because there's so many magical things that you talk about and uh, energy is just one of them but even the term biohacking today is something which people are fascinated by but not quite sure what it is and i also must share that some of my mentors have actually said you can't use the term biohacking for a woman practitioner and i found that a bit strange but one of them said that to me and said biohacking is a term that belongs to men So I found that highly uh, unusual, but Hmm. that's all the more reason why I'm excited to have here today. So you can break some of those myths and stereotypes and just tell us what is biohacking all about. And of course, here we're talking today about sleep biohacking, EFT and gratitude. And all three of them are something which people can really use in transforming their sleep quality both sleep onset sleep maintenance and how they function in the world but tell me about your story how did you discover EFT and you have such a powerful connection with energy one of the things that I resonated deeply was when I listened to your podcast the Ophelia podcast and that powerful intro where you speak about your connection to energy left me with goosebumps. So tell me about your connection to energy, your life story, what brought you on this path and how did you become a female biohacker?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. And those are all great questions. I've never heard that women can't be biohackers. So I will totally uh, dispel that theory because I know many biohacking women and I'm one of them. So um, I I wouldn't even understand where they got that from other than maybe uh, the father of biohacking is Dave Asprey. And so he came up with that term. But other than that, I don't think he would claim to be uh, the only one that can use that term or only men. So um, I started out on this journey because I was really sick as a kid. I was constantly in and out of doctor's offices, you know, given antibiotics, allergy shots. Um, but really what was happening with my body probably was that I was allergic to a lot of foods that I was eating and it was back in the eighties and nobody knew anything really about that except for, they did warn my mom, like, don't give her milk, um, as Mm -hmm. much as, you know, they said not before bed. That was one of the things that they suggested. So I I went on and thinking, this is my life. I'll be on medications for the rest of my life. And you know, my quality of life is just going to keep getting worse. (laughs) And when I was 26 years old, I was like, I don't want that life i I just don't i don't think it's fair uh to to really be on the downward (laughs) at 26 already so um it turned out you know i was a, a teacher in new york city and i thought i was doing everything right and i was working in one of the most dangerous schools in new york city and i was really stressed out i mean my life was being threatened pretty often almost daily And um, I became really stressed out. So in addition to being like a very sick person, I then became very stressed out, which further compromised my body. So I just really, really started to degrade. And um, I realized that something had to change. And so I decided to leave my teaching career, which I had gotten a master's in teaching. I had been teaching for four years. It was everything I had worked for, really. And I had to abandon it because I was in the worst, worst health of my life. Um, and, and it really came when I, my friend mentioned to me, why don't you try meditation, you know, to yeah. see if you can like, kind of reset your body from all this stress. I mean, just living in New York city is stressful. So, it you know, my job was extremely stressful. I had been getting, uh, my master's degree and I had two jobs at one time. So, I mean, I was really an overachiever at the time. Um, and you know once i found meditation that really changed my life i became way more self aware about what i was putting in my body what including my thoughts and what was happening with my body because i had decided to change my thoughts because i had decided to gravitate towards more meditation more exercising of the body, you know, better foods, higher vibrational foods, things like that. So that that's my story. I used to be a science teacher and now I do all this woo-woo stuff, but then I oh, find the okay. science and it makes me feel better because it's all there. I mean, we are energetic beings and we are, you know, our cells are communicating through energy and when that communication breaks down, that's when we suffer. You know, we aren't our best selves. And that's what biohacking is. You know, biohacking is really maximizing the communication between the cells, maximizing the body, you know, and so that it can be at peak performance really. And I think EFT is a biohack to be honest. I don't think it's listed as that, but (laughs) in my opinion it is.
0: Absolutely. But I must tell you when you said science and woo woo, have you read this book called the autobiography of a yogi? it's a yes yes. so in that uh, he talks about how the greatest scientists actually deeply spiritual people and how Uh, deep spiritualists are highly logical so that there really is no difference between science and spirituality and they actually come together very beautifully. So Mm -hmm. I actually don't think that you're two opposed beings with (laughs) science and energy that they actually can come together very well. Yes.
1: And I, to me, everything is energy, whether it's food, your body, what I see when somebody's releasing trauma or when they're repairing their body. I mean, to me, it's all energy and it's just, I have tuned my body in such a way that I can feel things that most people can't. And that yeah. is uh, sort of like a superpower because I can help people to move through things that they didn't know were there.
0: But uh, before quick before we go deeper, you spoke about high vibrational foods, and that is actually fascinating me. So, can we just do a quick segue there about what sure. exactly are high vibrational foods?
1: Well, I think it's probably different for most people what ones they will gravitate towards. But for me, I recognize as soon as I started studying Reiki. Uh, that like the moment that I had started studying it, you know, that day my food preferences changed. So I I left the meeting to go get something to eat at a local cafe, and I immediately was drawn towards uh, salads. Which on a weekend I had normally been like, whoa, woohoo, we're at a cafe, let's have something sweet, let's have something really fun. And I, I didn't want that. And I was very surprised by that. So it sort of started out that way. And then I stopped drinking diet soda. And then I yeah. just gravitated naturally towards more healthier options. And then the more that I dove into it, the more that I like did a juice cleanse for 14 days, and I could feel emotions being released and I actually felt the, probably the best i 've ever felt my whole life doing the juice cleanse for fourteen days i wasn 't hungry, and I, I I felt like I almost was going to float off the planet that 's how good I felt like I just felt so light energetically and and that was really when I started to study even uh, essential oils because I was like well what 's after plants if i 'm juicing plants, what am I getting from that and then you know on a more subtle level what 's in plants and then that 's when the study of essential oils came around for me. And I was like, wow, there's so much here to learn from. Like, You can really shift vibrationally from these small plants being ingested into your body or assimilated into your body. So that for me was uh, when I started realizing the connection between vibration and your body with with the foods Uh, that you eat.
0: Yeah. When you said about how you felt like you were floating, I must tell you about 15 years back when I was in the Himalayas and I was in a program where you had zero salt, spice, fats, proteins, for a whole month so all we had to eat was uh, fresh like almond milk and fresh vegetables but not even a pinch of salt because we were doing yoga practices for about 16 hours a day and i felt exactly as you said i felt as if i was a few feet off the ground and i was almost floating
1: yeah, Wow. But there
0: wasn't that heavy sense of I actually didn't even feel grounded. I felt like I was off the ground. Yes, it very interesting yeah. about uh, this is the first time I've actually heard somebody talking about vibrations in food, which is great. So we, you're talking about going back to eating as close to nature as possible. Yeah, with as little change, including probably cooking or prepping. Right.
1: Something it was like raw. A... Everything was raw yeah. that I was eating.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. So tell me about, um, have you had times where your sleep has been pathetic and uh, yes, what did you think, how did it impact your health overall when you went for a while without sleep and what did you feel triggered it in your case?
1: So growing up, I I really had a difficult time sleeping, and so that was why milk was suggested not to be right before uh, bed. Um, so I think really my fight or flight was just on all the time because I was so energetically sensitive. I was eating the wrong food, so my body just was in fight or flight. But as I got older, um, and I was a teacher, it still continued. You know, as an adult, I was having it was taking me an hour and a half to two hours to fall asleep. So as soon as I found meditation and gratitude that's when it went from an hour and a half to two hours to like one to two minutes to falling asleep. So it was a drastic change. Like there's no doubt about it. It had to do with the meditation and the gratitude that I was doing. There was no other thing because I started saying what I was grateful for right before bed. And, um, and that's really what would, I would fall asleep and one morning or one night, excuse me, I was, uh, I I laid in bed and I fell asleep so fast that I forgot to do my practice of gratitude. And, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh no, I forgot to do it. And then I was like, wait, the point of doing it is to fall asleep. And so I was like, I'll just do it in the morning. Um, yeah, so it really worked for me. And I and I have a, a couple of theories about why that is.
0: We'll talk about that when we come to EFT uh, and gratitude. But um, tell me now... For somebody who doesn't know anything about what is EFT, start from the basic. What is EFT? Describe it. How did you discover EFT? How did you train in it? And how do you actually use it today?
1: Okay, so EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. Some people refer to it as tapping. And it's a great way of releasing uh, energy from the body that is maybe stuck because of trauma. So whether it's uh, small trauma or large trauma, you can, in my opinion, and from what they're starting to understand about the body and how it records this information, it gets stored in our cells. And, And EFT is a way of actually releasing that energy so that we can reset the nervous system so that we can feel a different way towards that stimulus or that idea or that trauma
0: okay before we actually get to EFT a little more tell me about trauma so what does trauma what could trauma look like for somebody how can they know that because oftentimes if you see people struggle with health issues or emotional aspects but they don't quite sometimes they don't even recall trauma so how what exactly is trauma how can people understand whether they have been impacted by it
1: Right. So trauma to me, it looks a lot of different ways. So it can be something like a divorce that happens when you're a kid, like your parents get divorced yeah. and you feel lost and there's a lot of things going on there for you internally. Um, and then you can work on that trauma and little by little, the abandonment issues or not, maybe your parents didn't just uh, tell you what was going on. So you were wondering a lot. So you were confused a lot, you know, that can be trauma, but you can also have limiting beliefs that you are not good enough. So I feel like that's trauma when you traumatize your own body by right. the, your self-talk. Um, you can have trauma that can be really major. That could be like you know, a physical injury. For instance, I broke my lower back when I was 16 years old. That was a physical trauma but what, the way that I see trauma like that is that there's a story that's imprinted in that area. So there were a lot of things that came from that one injury. Not only was there the lead up or the event that happened and, and that got uh, imprinted in that space, but also there were things like, if I work my whole life towards something, it may fall apart in an instant. That was a trauma that resulted at, from You know, hurting my back when I was 16 because I had trained for soccer for 11 years, and it was everything to me. It was what I wanted to do in the future. So to me, those kinds of things are 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 uh, imprinted in the body. And uh, there's a book that's called The Body Keeps the Score, and they say the issues are in the tissues, and that's why massage can feel so good. You know, because somebody can be rubbing your your muscle, and actually the tension will release because part of that tension, to me, is stuck energy. And I can see it. And, and I certainly wasn't somebody who was looking to go and see that kind of stuff or know that kind of stuff. But it, it is what evolved for me when I started meditating because I meditated for 15 minutes the first time and I loved it and I worked up to two hours. So I was meditating for two hours at a time for years. And then, I, you know, when I was in a healing practice, I was meditating for five, six hours a day. So it's like a working meditation with people, so I, my, I've trained my brain to be really, really conscious of my thoughts of the things that are happening around me. I can pick up on things in the future. I can pick up things you know that are going on in somebody's body that you know I may not know, you know may not know of, but um, I can also block that stuff because it, it can be draining it's kind of like being on high alert right. or like running yeah. a system all the time, right. So I've learned um, some techniques to really dampen that. So I'm not always doing that.
0: How did you discover
1: EFT? So I was doing energy healing sessions for people and I was noticing that they were getting a lot better. But what I was kind of noticing was a pattern within people who had a disease. So there was an energetic pattern and I wanted to know what was creating that pattern and perpetuating that pattern. And it turned out it was similar emotional events or similar, uh, beliefs that were traumatizing the person. So I said, you know, like I was kept looking for a tool that would help somebody get rid of that emotional trauma. And I came across EFT and I, for many years, actually probably two years or three years, I saw EFT and I kind of dismissed it because it looked goofy. It, um, had a lot of points and like, I couldn't really remember the steps. And I was like, that's too complicated. But then i was in a seminar and it was about the science of energy healing and uh they started talking about the science like the research behind why we we do it what happens to the body and so i gave it a shot and i i really loved it because i was like wow this is really transforming people's lives quickly like myself first and then i started working with my clients and i saw it happening i'm like this is the perfect tool to really get to the root cause of the problem and release it so that they're no longer doing the same thing over and over again and bringing in the same experiences that they don't want because the trauma will attract more trauma unfortunately due to the law of attraction so this was a way of kind of like wiping the slate clean so that people could create the life that they wanted and the health that they wanted so that's why i found eft and i started using it and i've done over a thousand sessions at this point maybe even two thousand i don't even know (laughs) lots of sessions
0: So describe EFT to me. So I I, I really don't know anything about EFT, but I am very fascinated by it. So I'm definitely going to reach out to you afterwards. So tell me about how does EFT actually, what do you, what goes through an EFT session?
1: Sure. So you're going to want to pick something that you're, you know, either afraid of or something that happened to you, something that you want to work on. You can even do breathing if you want your breathing to increase like to have more capacity to take in air you can do tapping on that as well so there's many different ways you can use EFT um, the science behind it that i just want to share before we i go in further is that in one hour of tapping 72 genes are turned on for healing wow. so that's yeah huge right and then i know your son has an adrenal uh, issue and you'll appreciate this there's a 24% decrease in cortisol levels after one hour of tapping.
0: So he actually doesn't produce cortisol. So his body has does not have the capability to actually manufacture cortisol. So he's on external cortisol.
1: Huh. That's interesting. It's
0: the other way around.
1: Huh so we could um we could discuss like if he, if it's a good idea for him to use it it would be interesting to see what would happen yeah. um because the the levels that dropped at you know because they dropped 24% were so great that when they were doing the research they made them do the research again because they'd never seen cortisol levels drop that fast in one hour wow. so yeah so for a lot of people, they have a lot of cortisol running through their body, which is a stress hormone, you know, and it affects their weight, affects, you know, oh, their sleep. I, I,
0: want, I want this Amy right now because uh, <laughs> as a, I'm a carrier of the gene, which then uh, manifests as the condition in my son. So carriers actually uh, get impacted by stress way more than normal people. So which means if there's an episode of stress... It takes me much longer to metabolize the cortisol spike, so I can stay in that state of fear and anxiety for much longer. So oh, wow. I need this amine very, very soon.
1: Oh wow, cool! All right, well then let's get started. That's what I say on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's based off of um, a uh, off of the meridians from Chinese medicine. So. You know, there's points around the body. And so we're going to be tapping on those points throughout the session. You also want to, like I said, pick something that you want to work on. So what's cool about our brain and our body is that it doesn't know the difference between something that's happening right now or something that we're thinking of. It'll confuse the two. So let's say you're afraid of a snake. Um, you could either work on it right now because the snake's right in front of you, or you can just think of a snake, and your body is going to be very similar. And you can actually work to dismantle that fear um, just by okay. thinking of it. So that—that's. I just want to let everybody know that you don't actually have to be exposed to the trauma. Or you don't actually have to even talk about the trauma in, to a degree um, to actually release it. So like you said, in the beginning, a lot of people don't remember their trauma. A lot of people are like, I don't know, I had a nice childhood. Like yeah. it was fine, but they forget that they peed their pants in, you know, in second grade in front of their whole class, you know, except for their yeah. body remembers that trauma. So then they're afraid to give presentations. So this exactly. is why it's, yeah, it's so great because it actually finds that energy, pulls it out, moves that trauma out. And that's why I really am so passionate about teaching kids so that they can constantly be, taking um this trauma out of their body so it doesn't steer them in a path that they wouldn't want to necessarily be on because who who wants to be fearful of presentations you know it's it's part of life so what we want to do is we want to say on a scale of 0 to 10 how afraid am i of this thing right or it could be for sleep if you're trying to fall asleep how frustrated am i about trying to fall asleep from 0 to 10 10 being the worst 0 being not at all if you're at 0 you're not going to do EFT By the time you get down to zero, you're going to pretty much appreciate EFT because you're going to be like, wow, I just fell asleep, um, you know, that really quickly, or I relaxed my body really quickly, or I'm not afraid of that thing. And and it happens very quickly, at least in my opinion. So um, most people start around a 10 or a 9 or an 8, you know, somewhere around there. So let's see. What's also cool about EFT is that it gets you in your body. So a lot of times people uh, who are traumatized or in the fight or flight are checked out. They're on autopilot. Their body's just reacting. They're not making decisions from their higher, you know, highest and best good. Yeah. And they're not in rest and digest. So this, this technique really gets you into your body. It gets you into that rest and digest and heal. So that's what we want for people. That's how you fall asleep you have to be relaxed to fall asleep. You have to receive sleep. That's where you know, rest and digest becomes really important. So you can either, if you're having trouble falling asleep, you can use it before sleep. If you wake up in the middle of the night, you can say, even though you, know, you can do the tapping, or I just say, even though I'm awake and I want to be asleep, I deeply love and accept myself. So there's that end phrase that we say, I deeply love and accept myself even though I have this fear, this problem, this thing that I'm working on, I still love and accept myself. And to me, that's the perfect language for any healing, for any transformation. You have to accept where you're at in order to move forward. And so that's the language that's going to get you there. So you're going to say, even though I have this problem and I really don't want it, and I don't even know where it came from, I deeply love and accept myself. So Um, what that really does in, in, uh, from a scientific perspective with the brain is that it shifts what's called your reticular activating system. So it winds up moving you into this other lens that you can view the world. So you're not fearful of the world. So that's what's happening on a brain level. And the neural network of the brain that had all that trauma and fear and and memory gets taken down and a new one is built and a new orientation to the world is revealed to you you know you you wind up living from your truth rather than your trauma
0: so tell me about how you actually do is it something that you said I guide children to do it so is it something that people can learn and then they can do it for themselves or do they need a practitioner
1: so they can do it by themselves. A lot of people do it by themselves and that's why I love it. It's something you can take anywhere, do at any time. If you're afraid to fly, you can be sitting on an airplane in your own seat and, and tapping. I know kids who tap um, in the bathroom before going to lunch because they're you know, afraid who they're going to sit with or you know they get stomach aches while they're sitting there with their friends. You can do tapping basically anywhere. I know a lot of people who do it underneath the table so that other wow. adults don't see it. Um, So you don't have to hit all the points, um, but it is good to hit the points. If you're an adult, kids need less points and they need less rounds to do it. So for instance, when I work with my son, if he's like, I'm not going to sleep, I'm not tired. (laughs) He's six. Um, I will do the tapping for him on him. so I will do the points and it will take only one round and he'll want to roll over and go to sleep. It can be that quick. There, there's so much less resistance when you're a kid, right? Adults stay attached to their stories. They're like, oh, I don't, what if I release that trauma? Then like, you know, who will I be? You know, we, we start to have these like conversations with ourselves when was like that we never really even wanted that experience to begin with. So let's just let that go. And it's not a, about erasing the memory. It's about erasing how the body feels about that memory.
0: That's an re- important distinction because I do think what you're saying is very relevant because sometimes... Some of these experiences have actually become a part of who someone is. And even without somebody knowing, it's something that they don't actually feel like they want to let go of because it's molded who they are. So that's a beautiful distinction that you made.
1: Thank you. And it's true. It is. It's, it changes who we are when, you know, people don't want to, um, change their identity very easily because it it actually sets off your fight or flight because then you're like, well, who am I among these people or who am I among those people or what has happened yeah. to me? It starts to make you feel unsafe. Oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. So, so when it, I... Yeah. When like I do... Ta-
0: okay (laughs) tell us about how you actually care is there a practice that you could actually guide us on today which people can get started and then follow some of the tools that you might have as resources on your website sure
1: yeah so before um we get started with tapping i always take a deep breath in and out because that's one of the ways that we can tell our body that we're safe everything's okay Mm Um, but I will take you through it. And then for anybody who is a visual person, they can go to my website and they can find uh, Stark Transformation slash EFT. I have pictures there, videos, so they can follow along. Um, so take a deep breath in and out. And let's pretend that we're having trouble falling asleep, okay? So we're laying there and our mind's racing and we're like, oh, I'm so tired. I need to get you know up in, early in the morning. I need to fall asleep right now. So our frustration level would be at, let's say, an, an eight. Or a nine. So we'll take another deep breath in and out. And then we're gonna start tapping on the uh, side of the hand. So right below the pinky, there's a fatty part. So we're gonna find that part. Yep, it's right there. Um, and we're gonna tap there. We're gonna say, even though. Right hand, left hand doesn't it, matter. It, it does not matter if it's right hand or left hand. So it's whichever one is more comfortable for you. And yep. um, was oh that some people call it the karate chop point because it's like as if you're karate chopping something
0: That's easy to remember.
1: <laughs> yeah and i personally noticed that a lot of like heartbreak and uh, uh grief and things like that will come out when you start tapping on that uh point so anything that might be related to it you can use that as information so, so like if you you're
0: actually do this
1: so you're gonna tap Lightly on there, and you're going to just do it rhythmically and, um, you know, peacefully. Really, if it hurts, don't do it, uh, you know, strong. That's what I say. So, then we're going to say, even though I'm having this trouble falling asleep at a level nine, I deeply love and accept myself. Whew, I'm already starting to yawn. <laughs> It's, it's almost getting close to bedtime over here for me. <laughs> um, it's uh, almost 7 o'clock at night,
0: so I'd be winding down. Soon. Is that your bedtime, Amy?
1: No, I go to bed more like nine thirty, but this is usually around seven seven thirty. We start to wind down and turn the lights down and things like that. So don't worry about it. It's just funny because I could feel a yawn coming on. <laughs> I, I've done I've done EFT so many times that my body just knows what to do yeah. and how you know, and then I start relaxing so, right away. So
0: you are also saying that people should bring it in as a practice to daily life, so that you mm-hmm. create a better memory physiologically. So then yes. your body That's to relate to something which is very beneficial
1: yep so if you're in your life and you're saying why does this keep happening why do i not have the job that i want like i should have that do your tapping around that there's some sort of trauma in you that's blocking you from having that because it's actually considered dangerous so you want to get rid of that trauma so that you can have your truth and live by your truth and bring in what you want to create rather than creating from trauma so we'll take another deep breath in and out And we're going to go to the top of the head. So it's uh, right in the center of the head. And we're going to tap there. And we're going to say, even though I have, uh, or I'm so frustrated that I'm not falling asleep, I deeply love and accept myself. Even though. I'm not falling asleep and I'm so angry and I have to wake up. So this is where you're going to start talking. You're going to start saying, I, you know, I have to get up at five 30 and I'm so angry. This shouldn't be happening. I'm resisting what is, um, when we talk
0: to yourself. So you're saying that people don't need to feel because there might be a feeling of awkwardness if they need to say it aloud. Do they need to say it aloud or can it be within themselves?
1: It's best when it's said out loud, but if you can't, because let's say you have a partner that's right next to you, they're sleeping, um, you might not want to. So you, it's best to say it out loud, though, if if okay, you have that's the opportunity. A
0: distinction because it's something like the auto-suggestion used in a yoga nidra, or uh, so you're telling your subconscious mind, and it's good to say it out loud. It makes it a bit more real.
1: Right. And I also believe that when we start moving our jaw the words are gonna have energy and they get stuck sometimes in there if we haven't said what we wanted to say. So I think that's also really important. So uh, we'll take another deep breath in and out. A lot of people ask me how many times should I tap yeah, on a space?
0: Just going to ask you how long, how many times?
1: Yeah I mean they do say seven times is what you're supposed to tap but I basically do whatever feels best. you know okay. so if I feel like I need to, to tap longer or shorter, I will do that. I use my intuition and I encourage others to do that. I also feel like if you skip a spot, don't worry about it. If you feel like you should go to a certain spot, do that. You know, this is something that is, you know, innate in us. We know how to heal ourselves. We know where the energy is stuck because sometimes I will just say to people, it's go right here. The energy is stuck in this meridian line. Please, t- please tap underneath the eye, you know, and they will, and then it'll, they'll move it out very quickly. So you can save time by going to the places that, you feel like it might be, or you're, you're getting the intuition that it's there. So, and each like point I was saying before has, um, types of information. So in the hand there's, you know, the grief, the love energy. And then on the top of the head, that's very emotional energy that might get stuck. And then in the inner eyebrow, the, um, outer eye are two points, inner eyebrow. No, not the third eye, but the inner eyebrow.
0: Oh, here. Okay.
1: Yeah. So right on the inner eyebrow. Yep. So you can do both sides, but the, so the inner eyebrow and the outer eye are around anger and frustration. So like if you're feeling anger and frustration, this would be a good time to tap around your
0: eyes. That's something that a lot of people need today.
1: I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then under the eye, there's a point that's for control or for digestion. Some people like to hit this um, point right before eating because it'll help move the energy and, you know, kind of revive the meridian. Um, so if you're feeling like I don't have any control over my life or I don't, I feel like, um, this is unfair and I can't do anything about the fact that I'm not falling asleep, you can tap there. And then, and then there's another point that's under the nose. That's, uh, right in the middle that you can tap on. And, uh, so you would say the same thing. You would say, even though I'm having trouble falling asleep at a, a level nine, I deeply love and accept myself. So what I would suggest that you do is just check in. Has it gone down? Are you now at a six or a seven, you know, or an eight, whatever? Is it going down? That's the important thing to keep track of. So then I always take a deep breath in and out, (laughs) going to the next point. And then you can go under the lips. So right above the chin, there's another one in the center. And so we tap there and we say the same thing, you know. Um, I got to get the kids ready for school tomorrow. I have a big presentation I have to give, even though I'm worried about the presentation. I deeply love and accept myself, even though the house is a mess and I feel like a terrible wife, you know, whatever it may be, whatever issues you're going through, you want to tap on it. You want to let that go because it takes so much energy to hold on to all those feelings, all those things that are going on, that it's best just to say it and let it go.
0: I think that's also something very beautiful you said, because I speak a lot about how women struggle with health issues because they're always trying to be this perfect wife, perfect mother, perfect everything. So that's a great tool, actually, because I think that puts a lot of stress on women.
1: Yeah. And I, I was going to get a psychology degree and I, or I did get a psychology degree. I, I wanted to become a psychologist, but I didn't feel like it was a complete process because I do think there's value in talking about what's bothering you. But I also knew on a, you know, internal level that there was some energy that was holding those things or those patterns in there. And we, this is the way to get it out. This is the way to rewrite the script, as I say, you know, change the path of your life quickly by releasing this energy that's stuck and talking about it and feeling okay to talk about it because you're calming your body. So you're calming the whole uh, nervous system into the parasympathetic. So you're going to go underneath the chin and then you're going to go to the next spot, which is, hang on a second. My air conditioner just came on. Can you hear it? No. Okay, perfect. Okay. Are you sure?
0: Yeah, I can't hear it.
1: Okay. Um, I, I hope Mark's not like, what is that humming? Yeah. Should I go turn it off? Do you yeah. want me to run upstairs?
0: Mark might do that.
1: Yeah, so sh- I'll run upstairs and turn it off, okay?
0: Sure. I'll just pause the recording.
1: Okay, so then you're going to go to the, um, the, the K27, which is the two points that are right below the collarbone yep so a little bit further apart so they might be sore on you so a lot of people tend to feel a little bit sore here i saw the kids were really sore um, when i've been you know teaching the sixth graders seventh graders but anyway um so you're gonna just tap on there and you're gonna say even though i am having trouble falling asleep i deeply love and accept myself same thing keep going through the points I like to uh, tap over the heart chakra or the center of the chest, the thymus. To me, it it is just another way of recognizing, you know, how you're feeling in your heart. You know, like, um, even though I feel like I'm not not a good wife or something like that, right? Like that could be keeping you up at night. You know, there's lots of reasons why we can't fall asleep at night. Our mind is racing for a lot of different reasons. So I think that's a great spot to tap. I got to catch
0: my breath. (laughs) And in fact, speaking of the heart center, I always say in yoga that that's a a seat of emotional energy. So it's deeply, in fact, you can see when you tell somebody to bring the awareness to how the chest is moving with the breath, there's so much of tension. So it can actually help you just to feel when you breathe in how your chest expands very gently. And then when you breathe out how they chest relaxes completely because most often there's stress with the breath
1: yes there is and that's why i said that you can also use this for um breathing so you can use eft to breathe better you would work with the scale in the opposite direction so you say i'm only at a six and i want to be a 10 but that's that works really really well
0: So Amy, before you go into another point, I just want to quickly ask you, is there a specific finger or a point people need to use for these tapping points? Is it any finger?
1: It is any finger, but um, they have uh, done some research where they've seen that there's more light that comes out of the first two fingers. Hmm. So the index finger and the middle finger, I guess that would be. Yeah. Um, So it, it doesn't matter. But to me, I use those.
0: Oh, that's interesting because in yoga, it's that don't use this index finger because it's the ego finger where you point at people and point back. So don't use this. So that's why you use, you close these in to do alternate nostril breath work. It's very interesting to see these differences in practices.
1: Yeah. Some people refer to these as the sword fingers. Um, so, cause they, they are powerful uh, and that's probably why we point with our finger because it is powerful energetically. Yeah. So the last point is um, where the bra line would be. So, oh. so it, it could be a hands width down from the armpit, basically, if you're a male, but um, you can tap either both sides or just one side, you can reach across and tap on them. Um, I can't reach across because of the size of my chest, but um, I have to uh, do a kind of like a monkey. So uh, you would-
0: have a tough spot. I can't quite reach it myself.
1: You can't, not with, um, reaching across is tough, but not this way. Is it like a monkey doing this?
0: Yeah, it can, but exactly at the point, is it at the center or is it at the sides? Because at the- It's on the sides, yeah. Oh, that's okay.
1: Yeah. 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 It's on the sides. It shouldn't be yeah. too hard to reach. Okay. Um, and then again, you would, you would just say the same phrase that you're working on and you'll take a uh, note for how it's coming down. So uh, you are going to want to tap until you get down to about a two or zero. I mean, obviously if you're starting to feel sleepy, just go to sleep. You know, yeah. that's the point of it. Yeah. So uh, I've done so many sessions that sometimes I forget to take the scale because I just know that it works and I can sense when I'm done Um, But for some people, they are really scientifically minded and they want to know, like, I want to see, you know, quantifiable changes.
0: Uh, I also want to say that you made a very beautiful statement about how sometimes uh, I find that practices can become almost dogmatic where people say no you can't do it this way you have to do it that way so you've really made a distinction there by saying that go with your intuition and it doesn't have to be exact this way listen to yourself I think that's a great way for people to actually bring into their life because they're also building increasing their self awareness in doing that because you're not feeling that if you don't do it exactly this way something's going to go wrong and that's that's wonderful because it's reassuring people can do this without feeling that what if i go wrong so that's uh, that's something which is deeply reassuring to them and also i think supportive to just lowering that sympathetic dominance and moving into a more Rest and digest phase by itself, because that itself can be stressful.
1: Right, and and that and that can keep people from actually even trying it. Yeah. So exactly. I like to tell people that it's similar to when they got an iPhone or their phone when they started getting really fancy, and you had your email, and you had your contacts, and you had a phone, um, uh, camera, and all those things going on. It took a while to figure out where everything was, but now you wouldn't want to go back to carrying all those things, right? It's pretty awesome that you can do your banking right on your phone. You don't have to actually drive to the bank. So this is the same thing. You can take this anywhere with you. And once you learn it, you really don't forget it. And it really is super helpful for transforming your life. So that's why I think it's like the ultimate biohack.
0: Yeah, it's and you've taken us so perfectly through so many points that I can't wait to get started tonight. So I'm going to surely sit down this evening and do this for myself and then look through your side for, so have we, uh, have you taken us through EFT as a house? Yeah, so that's,
1: that's EFT. Yeah. So you just keep going and saying, I deeply love and accept myself, even though I have this, you know, issue going on.
0: Yeah. And I think, so this is a wonderful tool for people to actually start using today itself. And so uh, tell me about how you biohacked your sleep apart from EFT. Is there anything else that you actually? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm kind of obsessed with getting a really great night's sleep because I think in order to be highly sensitive and be able to sense things that other people can't, I need to have my body working really well. And Personally, I just want great health. I didn't have great health growing up, so I really value it probably even more so than most people. So one of the things that I use to help me biohack is my Aura Ring. Have you heard of that, this ring? Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. So the Aura Ring gives you a great readout on your sleep, and it also tells you how ready you are for the next day. So it takes into account like your body temperature, your sleep, your exercise activity, and things like that. So it's easy to see what's making a difference in your sleep, right? If you start introducing something and then all of a sudden you're getting more deep sleep, you're like, okay, I know that worked. Yeah. So the things that I've done, which is going to sound like a lot, but it evolved over time um, because I had a baby and I wasn't sleeping very well. And um, in fact, I had preeclampsia and my blood pressure was really high. It didn't resolve right after um giving birth. And binaural beats were really great for me falling asleep so there's a deep uh, deep sleep soundtrack that I listened to that was the only thing that could get me to sleep. So for anybody who's really struggling to fall asleep, I would try binaural beats. I, I did the one from Om Life uh, from Om Harmonics in Mind Valley. You know, you can go to mindvalley.com and find it. And, um, you know, the easy ones are like lavender and Epsom salt baths and things like that. That will definitely relax the body and prepare you for sleep. But blue blocker glasses, I probably should be wearing them right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: mine (laughs) is missing as well. I wear them all day. I mean, I use them. I've got a few versions of them. So some when I'm working on my computer and then one when I'm uh, just before going to bed but I think I also avoid actually exposing like now it's a non-negotiable for me that after dinner there is I will not work on my computer or I think that's something that is uh, I can't handle it in even with blue light blockers. Oh
1: really huh um, because I, I can get a, a 97 sleep score and still wear um, blue blockers and watch TV the night before. So that's interesting.
0: TV is still okay for me, but if, if I'm sitting focusing on work where my mind... Oh, no.
1: The, yeah, I don't active. do that.
0: Uh, so I can watch TV. That's okay. But if I'm sitting where I'm activating my brain cells and doing work, which involves active thought, then that does impact my sleep.
1: Okay, yeah. So that's different. That would be probably less the blue light, more the thinking and the worrying, which tapping might be able to help you with if you're feeling like that's your best time to work. I mean, we're all struggling to find the right time to work with our kids at home, you know, for quarantine. Everybody's trying to manage their schedules. And I've actually thought about doing (laughs) podcasts late at (laughs) night. Um, but I would say, you know, dark curtains are always an easy one, blocking out the light that's local in your room. Um, and then, uh, the chili pad has been, do you know what the chili pad is?
0: I have, but I think it's still not, uh, very, um, easily available in India. So I, okay. I have no personal experience with it, but so yes, I do.
1: I have a lot of Kappa. Is that how you say it? Kappa or Kappa, like the heat, the, the, um. Uh, kaffa. fire kaffa right oh, pita. Pita P- oh, so pizza, fire. right
0: right yes you're yeah. right pita i also am a fire body so i heat up so easily but i have another biohack for that apart Ooh. from the chili pad so you tell me about yours
1: yeah How well so the chili pad the chili i mean pad. i really run so hot like I, I can feel cool to myself but um if somebody comes close to me they'll say you know i'm I'm overheating in seconds Um, but then you put covers on top of me and I definitely start to heat up really fast. So I sleep with my chili pad on around 65, 64. So I'm sleeping on 64 degrees and that seems to put me into like almost like a hibernation where I can get a lot of deep sleep. So that really increased my deep sleep, which was wonderful. And I'm also somebody who believes that, you know, life should be enjoyed. And, you know, sometimes we go out and we have drinks, you know, and, and we eat a meal with people, but Um, I also think that taking activated charcoal is a good idea after you do something like that, because a a very heavy meal and drinks can influence your sleep. But if you take some charcoal, that'll help you to digest and get rid of some of the things that might bother you through sleep. So those are just some of the things that I've done. Um, I, I do believe CBD as well. I don't know if that's available where you no, are. But.
0: No, 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 sadly not. So you can only get it. Somebody told me if you want to get there's a man who will meet you on a dark road under a tree and give it to you. I said, no, I don't want it that way.
1: No. Wow. That stinks. Can I send you yeah. some or is it illegal.
0: <laughs> it's illegal. Oh, geez. uh, Wow. uh, Yeah, that's very sad because it's uh, such a great tool for so many people.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it did help me with my sleep. Um, So I take it right before bed. But those are the ways that I've um, really influenced my sleep. And then, like I said, when I said I was grateful for things in my life, that really reset my sleep. So we're talking that helped me to fall asleep quickly because sometimes I can fall asleep in a minute or two um, now, cause I just leave, lead a grateful life. You know, I have a, my mind sh- is, is set on seeing the things that are wonderful in life versus the trauma or, you know, things that aren't going my way. So I have a, a much different mindset now, so I don't need to say it right before bed, but I wanted to have a better quality sleep. Oh, you know what I wanted to tell you? People who uh, write down what they're grateful for in a journal have 25% better sleep quality.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to actually talk to you about gratitude before we conclude. So gratitude has been recently researched a lot, as you just pointed out. But there's so much research coming out of gratitude, lowering brain inflammation and actual physiological benefits, including and of course, brain and sleep is deeply connected. So tell us about gratitude. How did you build your practice and how do you feel? it actually helped you transform this ability to fall asleep that you you say that it went from uh, two hours to one or two minutes so that's Mm -hmm. brilliant so talk to us about gratitude
1: so I started out on a recommendation to put a rock in my pocket. Um, and every time that I touched that rock, because I was living in New York City, so I always had pockets at the time. <laughs> um, and uh, and every time I touched that rock, I would say what I was grateful for. And it really did help to redirect my brain to see the good in things and um, and and just relax you. I really believe that it puts you in that receiving mode because you're telling yourself, everything's okay. Like if I have that thing, I, something must be going right. Right. So if you make a list of things and you're like, really, my life is great. You know, things are going well. I can, I can work on some things, but right now I'm okay. And that's what you want to feel. You want to feel that rest and digest. You want to feel that you're receiving what you need in life and that everything's going to be okay or it's going to work out. Okay. So, uh, I started out with the rock in my pocket and then it just became a habit, you know, until it was really a habit then I could, you know, I I use that to, to make the progress to becoming a habit, you know, so touching the rock in my pocket made it become a habit is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, that's something. It's really good because it's, uh, as you say, you're just setting a habit where, and you know, there was a beautiful statement that somebody told me a while ago that when I was in the Himalayas, that habit, when you take away the H, there's a bit left. Then when you take away A, there's bit left. When you take away the B, it still remains. So you have to replace a habit which doesn't serve you with a habit that serves you. So that's something is what you're seeing with the rock in the pocket where you're actually creating this new habit, which is overriding or replacing something else where you're rewiring your brain to think mm-hmm. in a different line. So that's great. So tell us about how can people actually build a gratitude practice for themselves every night to help them with their sleep is it something they say aloud or as you said writing it down what's a good practice to bring in
1: well the research has been on writing it down in a journal so uh, that's something I would definitely do but for me it was just saying it to myself I just felt good saying it to myself I didn't have to say it out loud it was enough to me to just start listening in my head. And, and sometimes you might feel like I'm, I feel silly saying, I'm thankful for flowers, I'm thankful for breathing, you know? But then when you really get down to it, you're like, you know what, I really should be thankful that I have a car or I have a job or, you know, sure. the bigger things, right? Yeah. So um, it, it just depends on the person and how long they go. If they're, if their goal is sleep and they fall asleep before 10, you know, things that they're listed, that's okay. You know, I I like to tell everybody, do what works for you. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I I wouldn't say that one way is better than the other. I just tell you where the research has been.
0: Yeah. Um, Amy, so I have two final questions for you and then we'll conclude. One is that a hundred million people today have diagnosed sleep conditions. And this is probably... Far greater because there's a lot of people who's just not going somewhere and getting diagnosed with an actual sleep disorder, but who are just struggling with sleep, be it falling asleep, staying asleep, sleep quality. Um and you've taken us through a lot today because there's so much actionable tools for people to use. But what do you feel is actually the biggest root cause of poor sleep today in your mind?
1: I feel like most people don't get a good night's sleep for two reasons. One, because they don't feel empowered um, in their life. And so they're trying to seek control and that's why their mind is racing. So uh, using a tool like EFT is going to make you feel more empowered because you're going to release the things that aren't working for you. So it will be a process for you. Um, to become more empowered, to feel like you have control over your life, because then you just let go when it 's time for sleep you 're like everything 's as it 's supposed to be i 'm doing what i 'm supposed to be doing i 'm headed in the direction that I want to be heading in i 'm making an impact, whatever it is that you want to be doing, it causes your body to relax um, when you feel empowered and you expand and and that turns off your fight or flight and that puts you in rest and digest. And that's where sleep is going to happen, but it's also good quality sleep is going to happen because you're not going to be woken up in the middle of the night and you're not going to be up for hours at a time thinking, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. You know, you know that there's a time and a place for all that stuff to unfold and that the most important thing right now is sleep so that you are your best version in the morning. So that, and I do think blue blocking glasses probably at night is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself uh when you're watching tv if you're on your phone whatever however people unwind just make sure that you're blocking that blue light before bed because i think it does influence your deep sleep which is really important for restoration of the body
0: amy so i have all my guests complete the sleep whisperer podcast mantra which is if sleep is the new medicine then how would you complete that sentence
1: then I'm really good at it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um,
0: and, uh, sleep is the new medicine. No, but what you just said is great because if people tell themselves if sleep is the new medicine, then I'm really good at it. That becomes an affirmation. That actually mm-hmm. becomes a profound intention that you set for yourself. I don't want you to change that. That sounds <laughs> beautiful. Uh, thanks for being here today, Amy and um, I think that everybody has so much to start today that they probably feel where do they begin so I don't want them to get overwhelmed but EFT is a great place to start if uh, you've taken us through so many points. So I'm actually going to go back to the recording later and make myself a little chart of those points and then also follow your work on your website. So I'm going to get started today to because my um, you enticed me with that lowering of cortisol. So I'm <laughs> definitely going to bring that in. But what I really want to appreciate from your conversation today is that You made practice seem accessible because I see so often that people are afraid to start something because they're told that you can't do this this way, you can't do it that way, it has to be this way. So you're saying own it, make it your own, feel empowered. And these are beautiful words for somebody to hear and especially those who are struggling with poor sleep also those struggling with complex health issues oftentimes or trauma and these are definitely people who have fear so you have actually reassured people in a very big way so I want to appreciate that that's been profound and you've shared lovely uh, whole approach of how people can start so thank you for being here today where can people find you and by the way before you go into that everybody should go take a listen to the Ophelia podcast by Amy Stark which will give you goosebumps when you listen to the intro it gave me goosebumps so do take a listen to the Ophelia podcast Amy where can people find you
1: darktransformation.com that's where they're going to find the most information and i'm on all the social media handles at stark transformation or ophelia podcast thanks for being here today amy thank you so much for having me you're a wonderful light in this world
0: you enjoyed the show just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only this is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help On your health journey, do seek out a medical practitioner. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counselling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. Be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle. That may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com or www.sleepwhisperer.pro. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions.